in uh, the message or conversation I want to have with you tonight, I can't seem to get away from the Lord telling me um, to share uh, along similar lines for the for the PM. In that, uh, I feel like we're in the season uh, for you personally and and for us collectively as as a as a family uh, of of digging a well and finding fresh water. I don't know if you know anything about the concept of that, but in the Old Testament, it was a big deal because they all lived in a desert and whoever had, I mean, water water is life. Yeah, that's that's the saying, right? Um, all the triathletes answered that very quickly, a couple of medical professionals, and the rest of you are like, water, what, where, what? But there's this sort of cheesy phrase, water is life. And in, in the desert times, uh, Old Testament times in the desert, that was true. And whoever had the water had power, and if you conquered your enemy, and here's where the sermon kicks in, if you conquered your enemy, one of the things you did was you went and you blocked all their wells. And if your enemy wants to get you down, he doesn't just win a day, he makes it hard for you to refresh and renew. And he closes the sources of water. And that was this, this whole historical battle. Um, and things that can block your well, uh, the well of living water, of refreshing in your life, I guess, um, are very clear in Scripture. So tonight, I want to dig a little into the well. And, and maybe God will continue to um, uh, bring rivers of living water is the terminology in the Bible. Rivers of living water refreshes everything in your life. It's a mistake to think that uh, there is something you can stop doing or something you can start doing that will make you feel fulfilled. Uh, the, the, the fact is that uh, life is about things that are not enough and God is about somebody who is more than enough. And if you look for your enoughness in Jesus, you will be filled. And if you look for your enoughness in the things of the world, you will never have enough. Everybody I'm sure already knows, you've all used the phrase, I don't have enough time. There isn't enough money. I can't get enough of, I've had enough of that. Those are worldly realities and they don't go away. If I'm totally honest, um, I, I look in a wardrobe full of black shirts and white shirts, t-shirts, and I said to myself, I don't have enough. I, I need to get another t-shirt somewhere. It's not true, but it's a feeling, right? And maybe after the service, you'll go to the coffee shop and you'll look at that lemon meringue or you, you'll look at that donut. I think the donuts were sold out even before church. I don't know if this, that's how hungry the saints are when they come to the house of the Lord. And, and you know this idea of enough. And then when you get a job, you'll think, well, now I'll get a decent salary and that'll help and I'll have enough. Can I just tell you, uh, that's a bottomless pit. You will never feel like things are enough. But if you can find the eternity of your relationship in God, it will be so much because it is eternal that when you try to uh, box it into earthly, temporal, uh, finite, you will realize God is too much. God is more than enough. God is infinite and God is um, Alpha and Omega. He is as, as far as the East is from the West. So now you've got to figure out how do I calculate my enoughness in life? And a lot of people are hoping in this room, and all of us do this, that there is something coming that will make things enough. Oh, if I could just change my relationship status, that would be enough. I used to say, 
if I could just be in a relationship. And then a whole bunch of people came to me one day and said, I just want to be out of a relationship. That would be enough. So now I'm careful what I say. Don't, I know you can't laugh too loudly at that because they're sitting next to you. But uh, so for some people, it's just like this one thing. If this one thing just happened, oh, everything would be okay. Well, you're right in a sense, there is just one thing, but it's not the thing you think it is. The one thing is you and Jesus. And everything else will always end in not enough. Even Adam and Eve in paradise with no other problems, like they had no relatives. I mean, just imagine. (laughs) They had no relatives. Just imagine they had no relatives and nobody bothering them. And it wasn't enough. They needed that apple. It was just, it's just that one thing that I can't have is the thing that I need. And what did they lose? The one thing that was more than enough, God coming in the cool of the night in relationship with them. I was your enough. And then you had to go and, and find something, something thinking it would be enough. And I guess that conversation is um, uh, what, what really is being prompted in my heart. Um, because our calculations are so off um, spiritually speaking, how we measure things is so off. Um, uh, I watched a really funny TikTok um, the other day about things made in China, and I'm really don't. I'm not trying to start a war. Um, there are already enough of them out there, but they were just like some guy went and bought various tape measures. All said they were manufactured. It was just like a guy who likes to rip off things made in China, and he to put the three or four tape measures. And they all went to like a meter, and none of them were the same. Like this guy's a meter, and then this guy's also a meter, and then that's also a meter, and that's in a, like, you know, <clears throat> the problem with the world, things of the world, is that it is an unreliable unit of measure. Unreliable unit of measure. Uh, but Jesus is our reliable uh, unit of measure. Uh, he is uh, a measured in abundance. He's measured in abundance. And I think there's something really remarkable about that. So um, uh, over the next 20 minutes or so, I, I want to talk to you about um, what's causing you, perhaps what's causing you to feel like your relationship with God is not enough. And then maybe three things on how to restore or repair that. And my goal uh, at the 6 p.m., um, it seems to be dig a well. I have a feeling that digging the well, which really is sort of a symbolic thing, uh, I have a feeling that uh, God has every plan and every intention uh, uh, in the service um, to create some kind of a miraculous level of refreshing of people's lives. I have a picture of that. And so we just got to do, uh, just got to do a little bit of work to prepare that. I don't know, maybe, did you guys all see the lights do that? I have a feeling that the Lord's going... Other that, or I'm like, I'm like double paying whoever is in charge of lights tonight, because your timing is just so, it's just so good. I'll let you know when I need another little. John, John chapter one from the message uh, says this: We are, we all live uh, of His God's uh, generous abundance, gift after gift after gift. We. Got the basics from Moses and then this exuberant giving and receiving, this endless knowing and understanding. All this comes through Jesus, the Messiah. No one has ever seen God, not so much as a glimpse. This one-of-a-kind God expression 
who exists at the very heart of the Father, has made him God plain as day. Jesus answered, uh, <laughs> too far, uh, would you wind it back? We're in two different parts of John. Thank you. Um, this passage of scripture in John chapter one, but from the message, I like the terminology of it. Uh, it suggests don't keep your faith in the basics. Move it forward into God expression. The basics was Moses, he said. So we got the basics. From, so that's just like the do's and don'ts. We got that from Moses. Lord. Things that are right and things that are wrong. And what it's saying, and this is all I want you to get out of that passage of Scripture, is that if all your faith is, is about do's and don'ts, then it's too basic to be fulfilling. It's too basic. I mean, it's something, but it's basic. It needs to move to this relationship of knowing and understanding and growing and gaining gift after gift after gift. It's got this feeling of the work of the Holy Spirit coming in the form of gifts into our lives and and now we go from the basics to the bold, bright, exuberant awesomeness of God. I, I worry that uh, um, sometimes uh, Christians are as empty as non-Christians. They're just empty with a meeting on Sundays. And that would be disappointing because um, uh, if you keep Almost anything at its basic level, um, it, it, it just won't be fulfilling. It, it'll be a start, but it's, it won't be fulfilling. But if you can go from basic to, to bright, uh, then something happens. And this relationship of gaining and getting and gaining and getting is really great. Um, if I think about somebody who um, needed refreshing, and if I think about a passage of Scripture that talks about being refreshed, and somebody who had their... They're sort of uh, hope is uh, taken away. Then I, I'm always reminded of the woman at the well. And that's a passage of Scripture that's known so well uh, that I probably don't need to read all of it. I'm just going to go to the part I need tonight, if that's okay. So that's where John chapter 4, and now we're going to like a grown-up Bible version, the NIV. Um, I, I, still, I still do love the message. The NIV, John chapter 4, verse 13, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. So there's a kind of thing you get in life out there that meets your need for a bit, but not for long. That whoever drinks the water, Jesus says, that I give them will never thirst. So there is this feeling of enough. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of uh, water welling up to eternal life. If you know the rest of the passage of Scripture, this woman says, uh, please give me this water so that I don't have to keep coming here. And that's the funny thing. Uh, uh, receiving uh, living water or enoughness from God doesn't mean you don't have to carry on with ordinary life. You still have to do ordinary life and do it well. But you do it with a song in your heart. You do it with a song in your heart. I don't know if you've ever been in a bad place and hung around somebody who, who's in a good place and they like whistling or humming or constantly playing songs of praise and you're just like bleak. Can just stop? Just Can everybody be sad with me? Um, truthfully, we're all going about our grind. It's how we do it. The one who has enoughness in God does it with a song in their heart and does not expect from this 
mechanical thing to get spiritual fulfillment. It just is what it is. The one who has no enoughness in God keeps doing things hoping they will make him or her feel enough. You just keep at it. That's called dead works. It's this constant fight to arrive at where God wants you to start at. Enough, more than enough, abundant. And now with that abundance, a a life in all its fullness. So it would be amazing uh, if we could figure out what robs us from that. The devil, the Bible says, comes to um, steal, kill, and destroy. There's a kind of theft that goes on. Um, I, I've real, I realize um, everything valuable needs to be protected. Just is what it is. You know, I said to, I said to a friend, I have an apartment. I did a whole story about this. If you want to hear about it, I mean, if you're bored enough to want to hear about it, uh, check the morning service message out. Said to him, oh, I, I almost never locked this particular door to, to an apartment. I'm just like, yeah. I said, but you didn't have any stuff in there until now. Now there's stuff. When there's stuff, you've got to lock things. When there's stuff worth stuff, worth something, you've got to lock it. And I can always tell how much people, how much they value something by the level of boundaries they put on it. If you don't value it, leave the door open because it means very little to you. This is valuable. Combination lock. Press, 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 marry me. Press, 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 press. Ah, open door. (laughs) You've got to be wise about things that are meaningful. So a couple of things about this woman at the well. Um, you know the whole story, uh, she gets into like theology. Where, on which mountain, and who worships right, your people or my people? And Jesus just says, I'm going to fetch your husband. And you know the story, right? She's had five husbands plus the one, so she's her sixth husband. So it's quite a lot. And I want to just tell you that um, sometimes um, we set up our lives in such a way that they just, it, it leaks, our life leaks. And when it comes to things being enough, that's my first point. You have to watch out for the leaks. You have to make sure that um, you don't set things up in such a way that even if God gave you everything you wanted, you wouldn't know how to hold it. Oh, I got so annoyed with myself the other day. I was being lazy. I'd gone grocery shopping. I got like five bags. I think it was from Willie, so it was like 9,000 rand. (laughs) I'd gotten this one bottle of sauce that I really wanted for my pasta or something I was making. And the Parmesan cheese is like 9,000 rand a block. But I was being lazy. I can comfortably carry two bags and two bags from my garage down the thing. But the one, that fifth one, and I wasn't going to go back for one. I've got amens coming from the youth department. So I took, I took three in one hand and two in the other. Fine, I'm confident and I'm happy. And I open the gate and I bring it all in and I close the gate. 
And for no particular reason, as I get down two or three stairs, one of my pit bulls acts like they haven't seen me since New Year. They basically tackled me, the two of them. Then they, what they do is they tackle me and then they bark, bark at each other. They have a fight. Like, George is home, I shall kill you. I don't know what's going on there. It's very disturbing. I have to go, go through this terrible shouting match every time I come home. It's very irritating. Anyway, they took me out. I went sliding and feet gone. Sauce down there, bags over here. I just looked at them and I was like, I am taking this off your allowance. This can't go on. This can't go on. And um, I think sometimes we're being lazy and we want to carry too much too soon. We're impatient. We're trying to make things happen faster than they should. And our soul leaks. You get taken out. You keep an eye on that. And then sometimes uh, our God relationship is, doesn't have enoughness because we've allowed leeches into our lives. Now don't look around. This is far too hectic. But <clears throat> how many of you know what I, I mean? Immediately you could put a face. Like when I said leeches, you're like, yeah, John. If your name's John, um, like, uh, that was so random. That was totally random. If your name's John and you feel like this word is for you, you're welcome to come for it afterwards and we can pray. But, um, or you could immediately think of a drama that is just draining straight away. Uh, I, I think about this woman at the well. She must have had a lot of dramas. I mean, I... You know, they say, you must know the history of this, that um, the, it was the middle of the day when Jesus went to the world. It was very hot and it was apparently unusual to go and water, whatever the word is, the camels uh, in the middle of the day. It's too hot. People would come from the village early in the morning and draw water and feed the animals and then in the afternoon just before sunset because it was cooler but she was ashamed because of all the drama in her life. So she'd come in the middle of the day when there was no one else there because of her shame. And um, some of you know the story. We'll know the disciples had gone to town to buy food, came back, saw him chatting to her, and they're like, why are you talking to this drama? And I think there's something uh, really significantly powerful about how your life starts to change in its routines when you have shame. You put yourself under really difficult circumstances. So watch out for leeches and don't be a leech. I thought I'd just throw that in. Just so we're like all equal in this. I have one more thing and then I'm going to give you three things I think from this story that Jesus encourages us on how to find enoughness in God. Because there is a deception out there that there are Christians who don't feel like it's enough. And I want to address that. The last L is like hectic, so I had to put a definition there. Labyrinths. I just wanted another L. So, so here's the definition. A complicated, 
irregular network of passages and paths in which it is difficult to find one's way, a maze, you lose yourself in a labyrinth. Oh, I listen to some people's stories and I just can't keep up. I just can't keep up. I just like, I can't cope with, and I bumped into someone, they're not here tonight, so don't look. Okay. But like, I remember from like two weeks ago on Facebook, they were like single again. So I'm like, cool, I must just remember that. Hey, how are you doing? Oh, how are you managing with your new single status? Oh, no, no, no. We're back together. Like, okay, cool, that's awesome. They're back together. So from two weeks ago, oh, what happened? Well, I broke up two weeks ago and we both dated other people. And we realized, nah, we miss. In 14 days. I can't even load a debit order in 14 days. What? What, what are you doing? How did... And then like uh, two hours later I got home, uh, inbox message uh, on my messenger. I don't often look at messengers. There's too many scammers there. But I have to wade through it. Oh, but this was interesting because I'd just spoken to the person that day. Oh, we broke up. You won't believe it. I walked from you to a thing and then I saw them talking to their other, other person they saw the other, other time. And then I demanded their phone and I took their phone. Check out the maze. Oh, it's just a maze. Oh, sometimes I'll talk to people and oh, George, I need to be back in church and I need to read my Bible but like I've been in this situation with my ex and we they're not church people and I, we thought we'd make it a go and then we're not going to do church but then we would do church at home but they're not into it. And I'm like, oh. No wonder your God relationship hasn't got enoughness in it. Uh, it's because you've got a maze and this maze is going to, it's going to hurt. It's really, you know the Bible says make straight paths for your feet. Eh? The Bible says take a narrow road. Because wide is the road that leads to destruction. It's like just, just. I know it's not popular. Like narrow, that term narrow has almost become like a culturally negative word. As people say, don't be narrow-minded. You know, they've taken the word narrow and they've given it a negative connotation. Um, but actually we all do narrow things every day. Every day. You had 20 items in your cupboard and you narrowly chose two to wear. They may or may not match, but they are the ones that you chose. We do that all the time. It's just the definition of choice. All the time. Uh, I don't need a wide vision if I know what I'm looking at. In fact, how many of you know, when you want to gain intimate knowledge about something, you study it through a microscope. The better you want to know something, the narrower your view must be. So you can... You know, be a generalist, master of none, or you can be at some point in life a specialist and master something. And that's where enoughness comes from, from God enoughness. It's an awkward word, but it's the better one to, to use now. So, so over the next couple of minutes, I, I, I want to try and land you just after seven because I'm also thinking of that lemon meringue. And Isaiah 55 um, and water has a really strong connection. So far we've been talking about wells. And 
they're a good source of refreshing, but there's an, another kind of sort of a spiritual rain thing. Um, Isaiah 55 verse 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As high as the heavens are uh, higher than the earth, so are my ways uh, higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And in this verse, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields its seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word. Uh, that goes out of my mouth, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So there's something really worth exploring here. Getting enoughness from God, feeling like my God relationship fills me enough so that I can handle everything and wait for everything as I should, uh, can be achieved through a couple of ways. The one is this idea of a sent word. God sends his word. Um, okay, so, so what's a sent word? Um, I think the best way I can describe it is probably through just like a random example through ordinary life. Ever heard a song that got stuck in your brain? doesn't even have to be a spiritual song. Like just admit, like there are songs that just have a way of sticking. I, I listened to one that, I was so angry, stuck in my head because it's a terrible song. I had to like do three days of prayer to get it out of my brain. It's just such a, such a silly song. I eventually started praying against it. Now, I'm not going to tell you which one it is because you all be on YouTube afterwards listening. But it's terrible. And I thought, why am I aware? How have I learned this song after one listen and Vince has been trying to get me to learn some of the songs he wants us to sing. And I still can't, you know, what is wrong with me? <clears throat> I think sometimes it's um, a kind of meditation of our heart. The same with the word. When you meditate on it, in other words, you're, rec you're receiving it with receptors in your heart and you repeat it in your mind. Excuse me. <coughs> I may need some water here. Yeah. It's only negative of not having a, that's very kind, the Lord bless you, my son. <laughs> Excuse me. I always tell people it's pretty rude to drink out of a bottle in front of people, but here I am. Um, that's better. Thanks, Cam. Um, a word by itself um, can sit on the shelf and do nothing for you. You can even hear it, and it doesn't stick, so it doesn't do as much. It's the parable of the seed sown on ground. A sent word is a word that sticks in your heart. If you want refreshing, you need one of the two of those words. You want rain to come into your soul and God to be enough, you need something like that. It really doesn't matter which verse in the Bible it is. I don't, I don't mind which verse is your favorite verse. It's just your favorite verse for now. But it has life in it because water is, it's got life in it. And you need a word. You need a word. I'm in a weird season at the moment. Every second or third person I speak to will tell me, God told me to tell you something. I'm not even joking. i got somebody driving through from St. Francis tomorrow because they told me God told them to tell me something. In the coffee shop, 
before church and somebody said, you know, I have, God told me to share a dream or a vision with you. Uh, you need uh, heaven to send you some parcels uh, of life. And you need to have a posture of receptivity. I'd like to receive something from God. And close it off, leave enough space. Wisdom is, is water. Uh, God's word um, accomplishes what it was sent to do. God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. God's ways, are, those verses are connected together for a reason. Um, when you do things wisely, it just brings life. And when you do things I had to think for a moment what the opposite of wise is. It's unwise. I nearly said if you do things stupidly, which is such a horrible word, but like now I've said it now. So, and because, you know, when you do it that way, it just, just drains you and everybody around you. doesn't bring life. Wisdom brings life. It really does. It brings life. It refreshes the soul when you're being wise in the Eyes of God, not in the eyes of the world. Eyes, uh, eyes in the eyes of God. Proverbs eighteen uh, four says, "The words of my mouth, uh, the words of the mouth, are deep waters. The fountain of wisdom is a rushing stream." You ever sat with somebody who's just wise? You walk away going, <sighs> feel stronger. The opposite could also be true. You ever sat with somebody who just spoke nonsense? It's not you. I'm just saying, like, it just scratches your ear of, like, this is just, I can't deal with this kind of numbness, dumbness. So it just drains. God, how much more, if human wisdom can elevate, how much more can godly wisdom make your eyes up on wings as eagles? And then finally, workmanship. Um, my thoughts and my ways. Uh, I am supremely inspired by something done well. I just, uh, the, the craftsmanship of something. It really doesn't matter what it is. Just to know somebody put effort into it and put their best into it and that quality mattered refreshes me. I mean, I'll tell you what I mean. The opposite is it immediately will make sense to you. When somebody does something for you or gives you something or produces something and the quality is bad, how many feel annoyed? Like, I paid for this. Why does it look like my two pit bulls had a go? No, it's annoying to the soul. I can annoy. But what if it's really good? Um, what if we described our spiritual journey as we are his um, workmanship? created after his image. When you let God craft on you, using loose terms, when you let God craft on you his character, it won't be long and you'll go, I feel the abundance of God in my life, the enoughness of it. So, so this has a consequence or a conclusion. Um, and I conclude on this. It means no matter what I'm going through, it is not enough. I am not enough. But neither of those matter because God is enough for me. That's the difference. It's how a divorcee 
finds hope again and how a mourner recovers from a loss and how a bad business deal can be left in the past and our broken heart can be mended and how you can raise your hand through it all in songs of worship because God is more than enough for me. Would you stand with me? Can we pray? Thank you. That's very kind. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> I know this isn't like the shouting type of service. I get it. I also feel like you need to be sensitive and appropriate to the tone in the room, right? I feel like God's been working with us even through the worship. You notice in worship, it wasn't rock and roll. It was like, it was deep and meaningful in a unique way. So uh, could we pray? Is that okay? And my prayer is going to be for you to finally click that it's God who is enough, more than enough, and nothing else ever will be. (laughs) Those two things changes everything. And then uh, there's some people up front here who will pray for you. And as time goes by, we'll build up the 6 p.m. team and we'll, you'll hear lots about that. By the end of this year, there'll be, we'll be humming. But um, don't rush off. Uh, stick around, ask for prayer, fill in a prayer request card if you want to be anonymous. Have some communion with your friends or on your own or with your spouse. Do all of that. Make the most of like your spiritual experience. And then... Um, Go grab one of those donuts or the youth are making mocktails for 10 bucks and it gets them on a camp in the future or something. So go support the, the young adults without money. Lord, thank you that you're enough. You're more than enough. You are our all-sufficient one. You are, you are our supplier and multiplier. Thank you, Lord, that when we figure out that the things of the world need to grow strangely dim in the light of your glorious light, we put our hope and our confidence in the right basket in you. And then everything else finds its appropriate place. Like Paul the Apostle, learning to be content, whether with much or with very little, no matter, for we have you. Now, Lord, we declare you have us also. We're fully surrendered to you. And we thank you for that. Hey, just um, in the three minutes we have before it's 10 past, would you mind if I just asked you, are you in a good place with God? Um, if, you, if you're not in a good place with God or not in a place with God at all, I just want to nudge this conversation just that extra step to cross over this one line of get right with God and whatever that means so I'll pray perhaps a prayer that encompasses all of that Um, and if you could repeat or or pray that kind of prayer under your breath or in your heart but I would like you to take an action because taking an action prompts us psychologically to take it seriously so everyone's eyes closed if you're just sorting your stuff out with God tonight maybe you need to do that. Would you just raise your hand long enough for me to see it? And in doing so, you're saying, please include me in that prayer. I, I'd like you to pray. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So step back. I can see. There you go. Thank you. Uh, Lord, uh, please um, forgive me for 
letting things slip. And please forgive me for becoming a spectator and not a participant. Please uh, forgive me for letting our relationship grow cold from our from my side. It's never been cold from yours. Tonight, I affirm I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Help me follow closely and wisely. In Jesus' name, amen.